Hello and welcome to Culture Cast. This is Dan Del Monte, and I have a wonderful topic for you.、Uh, it's quite interesting. It's very、uh, controversial and very current. So, as you may know, Pope Francis has recently released a new encyclical, which is called Fratelli Tutti. And it contains a lot of his themes that he's stressed throughout his pontificate. And these are somewhat troubling themes.、Uh, they include the idea that nationalism is wrong and selfish, that the desire to have an independent nation with strong borders and to focus on the well being of your nation at the Expense of a more globalized world, a more integrated world, a more centralized world, this is somehow wrong. And that we should be open to the world by permitting immigration. Okay?、Uh, that's one theme. Another theme is religious freedom and the idea that all religions are basically the same. In terms of their value, you have different beliefs, but religions you know, contribute the same amount of good to society.、Uh, they're all different paths to God, they have different rays of truth, and we don't really need to worry about being very firm in our doctrinal approach. There can be some wiggle room, there's plenty of room for flexibility. Francis has some of the, some kind of, some. Kind of sappy phrases to, to the effect that God sees with、uh, his heart, not with his eyes.、Uh, kind of、um, an empty slogan. It's, you know, God doesn't have eyes, at least, you know, as、um, God the Father, he's not physical,、um, and nor does he have a heart. But the idea is that he's not going to evaluate you in terms of what you believe, he just, has, he just loves you. As you are. And Francis says that there will be some surprises on the day of judgment when, you know, these very strict, in his mind, religious people see that people who were not so doctrinaire end up going to heaven. All right. So it's somewhat annoying how he, as the Pope, who is supposed to be the central voice of Catholicism, Is so eager to put his own faith on the same playing field and, and, and level it with other faiths. It's also kind of strange how, how political, intensely political he is. This encyclical is basically a, a political commentary about inequality and, and,、um, and poverty. Uh, of course, these are important issues, and he does make some good points about an anthropological reduction of the person. The idea that、um, the person has been reduced to something merely material, without a soul, and so has been turned into an object that can be used according to how much profit you can make and even、uh, is seen as dispensable at certain stages of life. Such as, you know, of course, pre birth.、Um, he does mention abortion, also, also euthanasia, and the way old people were treated during the coronavirus.
question, right? But he always speaks in generalities. He always is, is somewhat vague. And the problem is that um, in speaking in these generalities, we don't really know what side, you know, you know who he's talking about. He talks about this excessive nationalism and this lack of respect and civility. You know, we can kind of infer that he's talking about Trump. And so he's attacking Trump uh, right before an election. It seems like this is possibly a very agenda-driven... He, he, he doesn't like Trump. That's pretty obvious. Um, he's been seen in commercials with Joe Biden, which is somewhat astonishing. So you look at the, the facts of the matter, um, Biden claims to be Catholic, but a lot of what he supports um, goes against... Uh, the teachings of the Magisterium and the Bible. Um, for instance, of course, his teaching on his his views on abortion, most clearly, uh, his views on traditional marriage, uh, are also antithetical to uh, Catholicism. And you know, there's a lot of there's I, I don't know what, what is so attractive about, about, about Biden. Uh, um, he's he's I don't know who whom he's going to help. He just basically is someone who is there to feed and support the establishment. Um, you know, they, they, they take money and they distribute it. He, he is extremely corrupt. His family feeds off of his office and, you know, he uses his power to, you know, pressure people and get them to enrich his, his family members. And, and in turn, people who enrich his family uh, are become, uh, you know, they hold power over him. So people in China have enriched his family and, and they hold power over Biden. So it's, it's a very weak person who's going to be manipulated. So what does Francis really want in terms of um, uh, a political structure? I think he wants a, a global government. He's constantly talking poorly of nationalism, which I don't think is, is strangely conflated with selfishness. Uh, the nation... Is different from the individual. So, so selfishness would be a trait of the individual. And to build up a nation does not mean that you're selfish. So the fact that I'm not thinking about um, Angola or Colombia, and I, I care about people in my nation, um, does not make me selfish, I don't think, because maybe I might never meet um, someone in Colombia or Angola. I mean, I can't practice unselfishness towards someone who I'm never going to ever meet. So he, this, this agenda of you know condemning nationalism, condemning so-called populism, which he uses in a way, kind of a vague way, it's not really defined. Um, so if you are interested in fighting predatory capitalism, wouldn't you want to be a populist? Someone who is from the people, someone who supports the working class, um, and in some ways you can say that Trump is doing that. Trump is helping the working class. Many people say that uh, you know that's that's what he's doing, and, and he's pushing back against this predatory establishment. So you know, Francis not only is extremely political; he's very horizontal. So when we go to church, do we have to have all kinds of political messages? Isn't there a more important dimension of uh, your individual soul and 
your journey to God, uh, of, of, you know, you could be a political genius and have all kinds of wonderful political ideals, but be a failure in your personal life where you never pray and, and you're just a, a mean and cold person to the people around you. So, um, you know, I thought church was supposed to be centrally about saving the soul, saving the soul from sin, you know, struggling with your temptations and ultimately remaining in a state of grace so you could go to heaven. And that's an individual journey. And, um, you know, politics is connected to it. Now there are non-negotiable issues but also there are prudential issues. So, um, you know, a lot of things that Francis talks about are things with, that are just prudential. Uh, we could disagree and still be in accord with God's will. All right, so there are issues that, you know, how do we address poverty? You know, maybe it's through the free market. You could say that we're fixing poverty by letting innovation in the private sector free from the shackles of, of government. Or you could say we need a more of a welfare state where we need more uh, help for people. Uh, redistribution is good. All right, so uh, there's some level of permission for disagreement there where, where, where no one is, you know, you're not committing a sin if you take either side. But then there are absolute rules, uh, rules that if you are someone who cares about the will of God, you have to follow. They're non-negotiable. Um, so um, something like abortion is not something that you can support and still be in accord with the will of God, right? Because that's um, just a total disrespect for a human life, all right? Um, it's a distinct human life, not just a, a, a bunch of cells. And so you know, in the, in the political thing, you're already in the cyclical with a lot of um, political commentary. It's not actually not very good. It's not specific. It's not, um, you know, if, 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 if we don't know what he's referring to. Is it what countries is he talking about? Is he talking about Italy? Is he talking about, um, you know, uh, the U.S.? So. It seems like he's talking about the U.S. He's kind of snubbing our current administration, uh, but the fact is that our current administration is is better at defending the non-negotiables than the alternative. Uh, so it seems like he's attacking it prudentially uh, and claiming that somehow to be a good person you have to not um, want to have. Uh, a strong nation. That to, to see the world in terms of different nations means that you're not uh, open to the world. You don't want interchange. Uh, you know, but this is kind of impractical because, you know, again, I think this is prudential. Are you not a Christian if you think that we should develop the nation and not join into these international bodies? So I think that's, that's the choice, right? To focus on your nation and, um, you know, 
build borders that aren't meant to hurt other people. It's more meant to protect your own people from chaos uh, and um, also to prevent chaos in other countries. Because if you have an open border, there's an open pipeline for uh, drug trafficking and human trafficking. And you know, there's this is a mutual evil relationship between people in the U.S. and people south south of the border, where there, there's there's people working together to make this system keep going. And um, you know, building a wall, Francis Francis just com- conflates the the personal and the and the political. So it's like if you build a wall. That means that you are a mean person, all right? But so like if you're just on an individual level and you build a huge wall around your home, even that is uh, fine. It's for safety. You know, you could build a wall to be a jerk. You want to uh, not be friends with other people, but we build walls for a variety of very good reasons. And a wall would be a prudential issue. Uh, you know, how, you know, of course we need to, we need to stop drug trafficking and human trafficking. How do we do it? Through a wall? Maybe you might disagree. You might say, um, it's through drones or it's through, you know, the ports of entry. Um, you know, that's a prudential issue. And I'm not, not saying that there's no right or wrong there. Uh, there is a right or wrong there too. It's not just like you know everyone has an equally good opinion, but um, you know Francis seems to be saying that just building a wall is is, is wrong. Um, it's it's immoral. It's not a possible methodology. He doesn't seem to recognize it as trying to achieve a good end. So he has this long passage about how how walls are. Um, are, are just so bad. All right, so he says, paradoxically, we have certain ancestral fears that technological development has not succeeded in eliminating. Indeed, those fears have been able to hide and spread behind new technologies. So again, this is a generality, an ancestral fear. I think he's talking about fear of other people, which is like, you know, supposed to be some genetic inheritance from these cavemen who who uh, you know were very fearful of anyone who looked different I think that's what he's talking about um, but uh, you know it's a, it's an ambiguous phrase there, there could be many ancestral fears is he talking is he you know talking about like Freud or, or Carl Jung uh, with his idea of archetypes and the collective unconscious? Um, you know, uh, but anyway, he continues today too, outside the ancient town walls, the abyss, the territory of the unknown, the wilderness, whatever comes from there cannot be trusted for it is unknown, unfamiliar, not part of the village. It is the territory of the barbarian in quotes from whom we must defend ourselves at all costs. As a result, new walls are erected for self-preservation. The outside world ceases to exist and leaves only my world to the point that others no longer considered human beings possessed of an individual inalienable dignity 
become only them. Okay, so the idea is that walls are this ancient uh, method. Uh, you know, it's it's outmoded, uh, and what it does is just creates an us versus them mentality, where if you're just a fearful person, you have all these obscure fears, when in fact people in other countries are wonderful people, and they're not going to hurt you, but there are people with these backwards mentalities, think that people outside are in this abyss, they're barbarians. And I think Francis is being very uncharitable. Uh, you know, uh, uh, what about a nation that has a certain culture? There's a certain set of shared expectations and norms. All right, like the US, it has a distinctive political culture uh, where, you know, there's the constitution and individual rights. It, it, you know, this is, this country was it was created in a very special way with some brilliant people who um, were very idealistic and they did not have a anthropological reductionism. They did not, they did not see the person as just material. They saw people as dignified. They may not have been, you know, devout Catholics. Maybe they were Freemasonic, but they had a vision of human dignity, which Francis keeps talking about. Um, and so that's our distinctive political culture, born of certain very powerful and unique ideas that then later spread around the world and ended these monarchies and ended colonialism because of individual rights and, and democratic energy. Okay, so, uh, you know, is someone from another country just going to walk into the U.S. and 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 know uh, what freedom is and what it means to have rights? Okay, and what 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 the worry is is that some of these political figures and also bureaucrats in the shadows uh, see immigration as an opportunity to replace the population. It's actually a very diabolical uh, plan to have a group of people who are living together in harmony, who understand rights. And they have a they have a tradition of, of rights that the government shouldn't be forcing us to do things, shouldn't be taking away our ability to defend ourselves. And you know these people are just annoying. They don't allow uh, the establishment to expand in the ways that it wants to. And so let's just replace them in this in this very violent shift where you have it's not just like you have new people down the block all right uh, a family from mexico showed up and moved into a new um ha house no we're talking about immigration on a huge scale so with an open border in in the past decade uh, under the Obama administration, uh, we're, we're getting 100,000 people that we know, uh, maybe there are even more that we don't even know, 100,000 people per month. Uh, we're getting caravans of people. We, we don't know these people. Um, they could be criminals. Uh, you know, that's not xenophobic to, you know, the world is a tough place. There are some very bad people. So, um, you know these these comments are are first of all they're they're very vague and and you know highly questionable 
And moreover, uh, it's nothing to do with the, the Catholic faith. Like I said, these are prudential judgments. It may be someone's wrong about the need for a wall. Maybe there are really no criminals and and it's 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 fine. Okay? Um but uh you know, should we be devoting an encyclical to a uh, a prudential controversy? Like it's like having a controversy over um I don't know, uh, vaccines, uh, you know, the church is not really competent to, uh, determine whether vaccines are the best way to treat contagious disease. All right. Uh, that's not, that's not within the competency of the church. So that would be with, with, with medical professionals and, and, um, and the church could have something to say about the vaccine. Um, like it shouldn't use the, the body parts of aborted fetuses. But, um, so anyway, I mean, I, I, I wanted to um, touch on what uh, Archbishop Vigano had said about this, this uh, encyclical. And Vigano, of course, is this fiery archbishop and he's very traditional. Uh, so it's like a polar opposite of Francis. But, you know, he uses the, the word immigrationism. Immigrationism is one of the new pillars of this new faith. So Vigano says that Francis is part of the, of the anti-church. It's the anti-church which is creating a new religion. And it's like, no, no, no. Immigration is, immigration is not a prudential matter that... Um, two people of goodwill can debate about. Um, no, actually, this is a dogma that you must accept immigrants. You must allow immigrants to come in and change your culture. Because uh, that's how we're going to, to advance in this new world order. That's how we're going to achieve the, the um, universal government, uh, which, which would be horrible. So you have no more freedom because you could elect, they, they, might, they might say, yeah, you can keep your president, you can have a president, you can have a Congress, but we would vote them in, but then they would be controlled by the supranational body. Um, so really nothing could come up from the bottom as far as political change it would have to be approved from the top. And so, you know, this world without freedom, which is so ripe for abuse, so if you have no checks and balances on the uh, supranational authority, uh, if you can't come bottoms up and have a, a democratic movement to put a check on it, if they're going to take away your guns, uh, you know, you have a totally despotic authority. And with technology um, that we have today, it just horrible to think about what they could do all right with the ability to uh, surveil people uh to to even reduce population uh to tr to you know look, look at what's happening in china to to just to control the way people think to control the flow of information so you can't have you can't have free 
exchange of ideas. So, I mean, Francis talks about interchange and how walls block interchange, but um, it's not quite uh, clear that the, the way he's going with this drumbeat of international solidarity, that would kill interchange. Okay? So, Vigano talks about uh, this brotherhood against God. So Francis is always talking about universal brotherhood. And we're all brothers in spite of our differences. So it's this diversity and inclusion message that, you know, regardless of your creed, race, religion, background, we all should get along. Uh, that's, that's, our, that's our brotherhood. And in a way, this is, this is true, all right? But what Vigano is picking up on is um, that this cult of brotherhood is actually a call to adulterate the truth and the uniqueness of the Catholic Church, right? So we're all brothers in the sense that my religion is not better than anyone else's. And each religion has this ray of light and has parts of the truth, okay? Um, so Francis says, for instance, that believers in different religions all benefit society. Uh, they all benefit society by their witness to God. All right, so um, he makes this very uh, seemingly very positive statement. Um, they're all wonderful, but, you know, if you are supposed to be the servant of Jesus Christ, uh, that means that you have to see something as very deficient about Islam. Uh, who they, you know, they, they, I think they, they see Jesus Christ as a prophet, not as God. Or you have to be very critical of Judaism. There's something very deficient about it. Not that you can't be kind and charitable and engage in, um, you know, cooperative activities on common causes. It's all very good, but the, there's a tendency um, that's unmistakable uh, to suggest that Catholicism is on the same level as, as other religions. And to come from the Pope is, um, is very strange. So Vigano says he's, he's very gruff. There are certain... Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a hierarchy of religions. There's the true faith, which came from Jesus, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay, so um, Jesus died on a cross. It's fair to saying that that death was in vain. That it wasn't really needed because you could become a Hindu and, and um, or become a Muslim, and, and that's very beautiful and 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 uh, of benefit to, to society. So, Vigano says these are prostitutions. And it comes from scripture, where, you know, to, to worship another god is, is false. Uh, it's not something that's just nice and uh, you're right. It's something false. And it's, uh, it's, it's breaking away from the, the marriage, the covenantal, the covenantal relationship that, you know, with the one true god Worshiping an idol is a kind of prostitution, where you're 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 sleeping with a harlot, 
rather than your real wife. Okay. And so, um, that's, that's being lost. Uh, the, the idea that there's one truth and to, you know, forsake Jesus Christ and say, for instance, embrace environmentalism and claim that, um, we worship nature. That's not just your nice little belief and everyone's witnessing to, to God in their own way. I mean, so who is God? If you say like, they all worship God, all these religions, um, does that mean the devil? The devil could be seen as a kind of God. Uh, does the God mean like nature? So you're a pantheist who, uh, who thinks that God is, is identif identified with nature. If God is not transcendent. God is part of nature. And so you, you, your spirituality consists in identifying with, with nature. Uh, you know, is that equally good? Um, so, uh, the Bible is clear that that's a kind of idolatry. The Old Testament, especially, it's, 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 uh, the first commandment. There shall not have other gods besides me. And when the people of Israel decide to worship Baal or other, um, gods that are false, they are punished. It's not like everyone is just hunky-dory and we're all brothers. All right, so Vigano is picking up on something very insidious about this encyclical and I have to stop here but um, I'll pick this up in a later podcast.